0: Hello, this is episode 269 of the Purple Psychology Podcast, I'm Nisha O'Reilly. I've no idea what to call this podcast. Maybe when I get to the end, I'll have a title. I guess it's my own journey, but maybe it's fundamentally about growth and development and some themes that I've been working with, with others as well. So when I started out, mentors wanted me to set up a foundation to very much follow the pattern of Montessori's work. And it took me over a decade to work out why I wasn't drawn to do this. And at the moment, I'm doing a complete rejig of everything. And I'm actually ditching a lot of my brand identities 12 years after starting out. I've continued to grow and develop them into new areas as I see new needs and I see new applications of the work. And I've been through many different sort of areas and sectors to apply the methods to at this stage. But with the exception of my homeschooling site, I'm kind of moving more to my own name as my identity, which seems like a strange thing for me to do. And I've had to give this some consideration as to why I'm doing this. With the exception of my homeschooling site, which ironically doesn't fit into the traditional role model of what people think homeschooling should be, or even unschooling, but everybody who I work with through that site says the same words to me, and that is that they feel that they really manifested what they needed in me, that they didn't really know what they needed, but what they ended up with was the support that they were really trying to manifest into their world. So there are often very complicated home environment situations where people need a lot of support. So it is the homeschooling environment but it's really the home environment that we're working with. So there's a slight flaw in Montessori's work. When I started my school, I I called it the Homework Club, basically so everybody in the area locally could say where they were going without any shame. And at that stage, Montessori's work was 103 years since it had been formed, since she had set up her own first education centre in Italy. And I attended the first Montessori school in Ireland myself, but I left with a diagnosis of dyslexia because the person running it had an interest and saw that I was struggling, but I still left completely illiterate. And when I visited a Montessori school almost 30 years later, it was exactly unchanged. There was a number of people getting ready to leave the environment that we're going to really struggle in mainstream education. And this started me thinking a lot about maybe what I had sort of intuitively known. When you have a brand or a foundation or a trademark, it has a lifespan. And when I did a lot of work in the business world, people are afraid to ditch identities and create new. And ultimately, you need a thread running through everything you do. You need a value, you need a vision. But then you offer people services at the time that they're seeking, and you have room to grow. So at the time when I offered services in the Homework Club, people didn't realize that they needed to support learning conditions in a completely different way. And to have a flexibility in that and not have special pigeonholes for people that everybody could achieve in an environment. So I opened it up under a very generic name in order to have anybody come to the door. For it to be education that was accessible to everybody in the area. And it was a hugely mix of demographics in the area as well. And basically the only thing that everyone in the building had in common was they didn't feel education was for them. For a whole multitude of reasons. And that moves on to confidence because everybody felt that I helped them to create confidence in their children. And obviously, homeschooling became an area that I worked in originally to buy people time for all sorts of scenarios and reasons, but a lot due to anxiety and depression and for reasons for needing time out of an education environment to rebuild themselves. And over the last year and a half it's become a completely different mainstream conversation for people and now even as we return to education in America this fall many people are choosing to pick homeschooling because they're still uncertain about the virus and the implications on younger people. So that's, what it, that's an example of offering people services. There's an aspect when you want to make things very defined and definitive, like the Montessori method. There's an aspect of having rules and structure and control in an essence to keep things very set. The Montessori trademark is now out of date, and this is what tends to happen with any trademark. It's very hard to keep it going for prolonged periods of time. And so now anybody who sets up a preschool can pretty much say that they have a Montessori school. And very few are actually set to the original methods. And very few go beyond the age of 12 as well. And interestingly, the methods would have really struggled on an online learning platform during these times as well. It would have been, it's a very tangible method and a very tangible system. And it's a very child-centered system that's driven by child choice and child pace and and development and so it would have taken a great deal of understanding and holding an explanation to parents to properly construct that within the homeschooling realm in what has happened with the pandemic so that's a really good case of showing people how you don't have a flexibility to grow and to develop within what's needed during the times The part that I began to see was that no one was able to evolve and add to it as educators, that it was incredibly set. Despite the fact that Montessori started her life as a medical doctor, she was the first woman to qualify as a doctor in Italy, and had to go through a lot to achieve that. And she started off working with a lot of people with special needs. When she set up a school and moved to education, she still very much worked in this kind of term of what she called normalization, which is that though she accepted the children develop at a different pace and there was this point that she wanted everyone to get to where they were capable of independent learning she did expect everybody to get to the same place in the same way and that is what stunted the development, in a way, of there being an amalgamation in difference of learning, and hence there was no changes to the methods to allow you to learn to read and write in a different way, other than the one that she had created. She expected every child to get to this normalization point with the methods that she had created in the way that she had created, which meant that in the span of when I saw it over 30 years, there were still people leaving the environment, who were still struggling with literacy. So ultimately, for me, I wasn't drawn to recreate a system or a method that's a developmental method, but that doesn't contain any development. There's no scope for the educators to add their own brilliance and grow. And I was really surprised when one of my own teaching team pointed this out to me in the early days of the school. I guess, in a way, I did nurture them to be confident in what they were doing. I gave them smaller groups to work with in the beginning. I probably gave them slightly easier students. I matched up the students in a way and then gradually I helped them to step out and to be more and more challenged. But I didn't accept, I I didn't need perfection from them. I accepted that they would learn by their mistakes and by the freedom to make those and to do things in their own way, to have complete control over the room, to not micromanage them in any way, to just allow them to grow and develop and learn and stretch themselves. And I didn't realise that that was an unusual way to treat people and that they weren't used to it. But I ultimately saw them all grow into what they were brilliant at. This is fundamental, I now realise to me, because I believe in making myself obsolete. And so in some ways I've had a question all week in why I want to ditch my brand identities now. It's becoming the situation after over a decade of work that people are searching for my name and knowing what I do and finding me through that rather than finding me through services that I've created. But what I understand more than ever is that I'm just a link to others developing their own paths I'm not leaving methods behind I'm helping to create secure people in their own fields and talents and creations and ways of being and most methods and systems and theories limit people I've never wanted to leave work behind that would create a way to box people even more than we already do and so in a way I'm moving even further at the moment away from leaving any methods or development structures behind. I'm moving to the person that helps other people to develop those if they want to in their own fields, whatever those fields are, to be able to create their own themes and their own sort of tribe of people almost that they're working with in whatever their field are in the same way as I did that with my own teaching team to have the confidence to be able to hold people in that flexible way allows others to grow and to, to grow into their best kind of of their abilities and what they're really good at so it is it's i I still not really sure what they call this podcast but there i think we need to understand that there are a lot of limitations when we are so set on leaving behind structures rather than principles.